Oh, it looks like he's yeah he's got like oh we, we better tell him uh, McLean. Ah. We can't hear you. Like are your your headphones bugged or? Can well, you he hear does us? have AirPods. You see, McLean whines about the microphone quality of my headphones, but he has this pair yeah. of AirPods that always conveniently dies right in the middle of doing anything. <laughs> AirPod, like the actual Apple branded AirPods? I think so. They're garbage. I, I don't know why people buy them. Ugh. Oh. Wired oh. headphones or die. That's my motto. Yeah, your your microphone's not picking up. It's like it's your your Discord thinks your microphone is saying something, but the yeah. moment you tried to record, it seems like things crapped out. So yeah, right around when you use. press record, it, like it like too many devices or rather too many programs are trying to use the same device, and you you just it just got screwed up. Yeah, Audacity is rerouting them. Can you them. hear me now? There we go. Hey hey. Great. That's I'm good. gonna have to talk to you guys like I'm on the phone, like an old ass man. <laughs> Well, you know, we are we're reaching across to each other from across this great nation. Uh, you know, two of us in Oregon, one in Idaho. This is pretty incredible I, stuff. I figured it would be more of a generational uh, gap that we're reaching across here. Ah, yes. Me being a, a young spry 22, Jake being like 35, and Dane being a, a cool 50. <laughs> Big 50. <laughs> Hawaii 5-0. All yeah, do you want to verify? Do you want to make sure that you're recording before we put effort into this product? And we... Are you pretty sure that you got the recording files and it's all working? Oh, I got it. It's all it's all good, man. Just got the right mic and all that. <laughs> all right, McLean. This is your 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 baby here. You you uh, lead off. Oh, well, the the beginning of the episode has already gone so so well. Um, <laughs> I'll cut it down. <laughs> I'm, uh... I'll cut it down. <laughs> you better. <laughs> I'm Massive McLean, here with my friends uh, Jiggly Jake and uh, Death Fat Dane. <laughs> um, Death Fat? Please, I prefer the term Super Fat, personally. It evokes more of a I was going for alliteration, vibe. Jake. Oh, I see. Okay. <laughs> Jumbo Jake would have been better. took a back seat this time. Jumbo It'll be Jake. the last time, I, I promise. Alright, fine. I, I recently had the, the revelation that uh, throughout the entirety of recording West Bros with Dane, all two episodes are... are uh, two episodes, Dane Tippmann touches grass. Yes. yes, yes, Dane. Yes. Dane Tippmann touched grass, and then we had a wonderful Danesgiving. Yes, yes. and you um, made sure to put my full social security number in the episode text. And yep, that was all, that my, was all done. Put my home address up on the web stream. Um are your, a, uh, are your bank accounts Roku, looking Dane, or? Yeah. Uh, you got video yeah, footage of my house on Netflix is up there. Um, Hulu and actually well, has uh, you get live a lot of, uh, cam footage of my bedroom. You get a lot of uh, messages <laughs> left to you by uh, Indian men uh, telling you that your uh, car warranty has expired. Yeah, they, they either want my a... car warranty or they want to see my bobs. It's one of the two is, is what they're demanding. <laughs> um, it's, it's pretty wild. <laughs> You ever see the uh, Truman Show? I'm trying to get started the Tipman Show. It would ah. just be the uh, same thing, but different. Less right. um, popular. Well, Jake and I, of course, successfully convinced Dane to turn to a plant-based diet uh, over th- over Dane's giving. Yep, yep. yep. And uh, Dane's been rocking that for a while. How how has the veganism been going for you, Dane? Well, I, I struggle to get out of bed, and my 
my blood has a tough time moving through my veins due to just the lack of, you know, iron and okay. necessary well, so nutrition. Just sitting in there, or? yeah, yeah. You just but, kept game. What you yeah, gotta do when is I, when I go go back and get morning. Damn. No, it's fine. I, I can answer you. the question about my life. It, it, it's, <laughs> I can handle this. I got there. this. You're talking about your problems. All you gotta do is rewatch um, uh, Forks Over Knives, and that'll give you the inspiration to get out of bed in the morning. The game changers. Yeah, game. or the game changers. Just the watch game enough changers. of the documentaries, and then you'll you'll be filled with life just from the information you absorbed. And Jake, that'll read make Dane up the for... cheese facts. He's the pus, Dane. The pus. Yeah, Dane. I'll bet you didn't know. Uh, in this book we reviewed last week entitled Vegan Freaks, we were told that Ugh. cheese was an addictive substance, and any time you feel like eating it, you need to remember these, these three facts about cheese. Uh, uh, oh. uh, cheese is made from milk, and milk always contains pus. You may comfort yourself always. by thinking that is pasteurized, but you know, you could pasteurize a dog turd. pus is still pus, when, when you eat that. And uh, <laughs> cheeses aren't vegetarian, and also, uh, cows are basically slaves who don't get, they don't get names, they just have ID tags. That's why Do you, you should Do you remember how, uh, how, how Africans used to be enslaved uh, when, they, when they came over to America? That's basically what we're doing to cows now. Yeah. Yeah, that's, that does not cheapen our message at all when we start comparing cows to humans. Hmm. Well, anyway, nor does it, it like... nor does it cause real harm to to a really terrible institution that took place in this country, uh, or, or, or did Absolutely depending not. on where you fall it's... on this whole CRT thing and like your denialism. <laughs> Um, oof. Absolutely not. The two two do not affect each other. Now, but Dane, it sounds like you have some complaints with this vegan diet that I've been. Stri- making sure with a with a strict eye that you've been following to a, to to the letter. Well, you know, the an important part of every day is uh, basically debasing myself before an image of uh, Greta Thunberg, <laughs> uh, who, of course, you both have an image of her tattooed on your you. on your uh, How body somewhere. Dare you. Um, and you yeah. know, you, you've got you've got to insult yourself a little bit, and uh, but you know, it's hard to do that. Know. When, when every day my shin bones break and and they snap apart like <laughs> twigs, so I'm kind of well, left wheelchair news, bound. Yes, go ahead. Good news is you're an anorexic freak, but the reason why is because you've been on a diet, and I've I've recently come to the to the realization that we can no longer be restricting our foods. Intuitive eating, Dane. That's that's what we need to start start up for you. Is that friend. the new thing? So we need to like listen to our bodies and. Exactly, hunger kind of feel. That's what it's all about, baby. Exactly. If your body says, "Hey, I want to eat a whole package of Oreos," that's because it's what your body needs. It's what it craves, oh. and that's oh. that's the exact. Food. If you restrict those Oreos, your body's gonna think you're starving and just pack the pounds on. Oh, we lost Jake. Hmm? I'm here. Yeah, I did oh. too. Uh, we lost you for a second there with the. Oh uh, wow! You're talking Am about Oreos. Sorry. Yeah. Yes, you're back. Oh, okay, good. I just let you know that. Please this. keep talking about Oreos. It's one of my favorite subjects. Well, yeah, right? no, that's that's the key of intuitive eating, right? Uh, apparently, if you restrict any food in any way whatsoever, like, hey, uh, I don't want to eat a whole sheet cake for breakfast, your body goes, oh no, we're restricting. We're gonna starve. We better store every calorie coming in as fat. <clears throat> that's how food works. That's how food works, Dave. So if in you fact, try, you eat works. less, you're gonna get it's fatter. It's how it works. It's yeah. how it works. The science is settled, Dane. <laughs> I love that word, science. Be- believe the science. So now, Dane, Dane, I know what you're thinking. 
What if this this new this new diet of uh, just eating whatever I want all the time? What if it makes me fat? And I'd like to I'd like to respond to that accusation that, <laughs> that uh, fat folk, baseless yeah. claim of yours yes. by saying, "What if it does make you fat?" Which huh? I hypothetically had in your mind. <laughs> Did I need to respond bigot, to this thing that You're I imagined you thinking? <laughs> You need to stand up on this podium, Dane, and respond to this thought that I think you had. You fat your hypothetical monster. self. Yes. And sweep up all that straw you're leaving behind you. <laughs> Dane, tell me this. How much do you know about the fatigories? <laughs> Good God in heaven. What are the fatigories? Please educate it's me. It's the fat spectrum, Dane. <laughs> yeah. Now, this is a piece I already previewed for Jake in an earlier Westbros episode. Uh, I'm um, This uh, comes from... Just a preface. We know what? that, you know, you can't be you can't be racist. I mean, being racist is bad because, you know, you're, you're either born black or white, you know? So... Right. Like, uh, yeah, and, and um, being uh, homophobic is bad because apparently now we're told that, you know, you're born gay, apparently. That's how it works now. We, we change our mind about that. I know I was. Yeah, but but it's, it's the old thing where you realize that oh, if I just say that this is an immutable characteristic of mine, I was born this way. That makes it good, and that makes you a bigot. So that makes anyway. defenseless. Dane yeah. is an evil, evil man. I was now, born three hundred pounds. We, we've likely already covered a lot of these subjects here on Westbros before, but just for Dane's benefit, we're gonna be going through a lot of them and for educating the, benefit of the Mr. man. Dane, yes. I need a lot of benefits. I need a lot of support from the people around me because I cannot stand up. And when, <laughs> when I try to, the blood rushes to my head. And I just see visions of kale, and it, it's not great. Get yourself a good gaming chair, Dane, and then never leave it. <laughs> ah, yes. That's the way Basketball to go. shorts and slides. Those are a couple life hacks for you right there. So what are categories? Break well, this this me. lovely explainer article comes comes from us from the fine folks at fluffykittenparty.com. Uh, fat activism, health at every size, anti diet, and culture. Fluffy and this article was uh, ah. This article is from 2021, um, and the author first off has to has to give us a little note here. They say, "I wrote this piece in 2019, and it was long overdue for an update." I've removed the white fragility framework because, wow, that did not age well, and I should never have used it. I know better now, and I'm sorry. I updated the definition of death fat and credited author and fat activist Leslie Kinzel with creating the term, with sincere apologies to Leslie for causing sure misunderstanding. I'm sure she was furious, like, you better credit me as being the one to come like up I with said, death fat. Like I said, if I come up with death fat, that's like, uh, you better believe I'm going to be requesting credit for that one. No one's going to be taking that achievement away from me. I, I wonder if the term is, is some kind of copyright or intellectual property attached to it. Like, maybe there's shirts or, like, you know, wristbands Do you think or we can... Do you think we can just be using it on this podcast, or we might uh, have to I'm pay royalties? We probably have to pay royalties. Um, probably huge, uh, we'll, large-sized royalties <laughs> to. Uh, we'll let we'll let the um, we'll let the legal team for Westbros take care of that. Yeah. Yes. Do we cheat him and how get on that? Yeah. Um, the the author includes history and context for the term super fat that I did not understand when I wrote this. Uh, a shout out to all the fats who educated me on this after the piece was published. And I changed the format to be more of a neutral explainer. Perfect for Dane. 
I've also updated the image because frankly, it was hard to read. I tried to cram everything into one image, but it's just impossible to include everything in one image and not make a cluttered I mess. Think they had that, so uh, now you have a big infographic. That early yeah, that was... came with a lot of handy infographics. I sent a couple to Dane to get get him mm. started. Mm. I have to think she had that early 2000s website design of like pink text on a polka dot background. Hmm. <laughs> That's what I like to think too. Um, my vision for this piece when I wrote it was for it to be a helpful resource, especially to those who are new to the fat community <laughs> and trying to onboard newbies to the wonderful world of size oppression conversations. And I'm so glad that it has been used in that way. I'm trying to onboard uh, newbie Dane here into the the fat community. Onboard, onboard. What's with this this corporate language in this <laughs> community? Am got, I gonna get like a briefing? A, Am I gonna get a safety video? Am I gonna get it's like it's issued equipment? Work, as a matter of fact, do I need to go see the supply chip, room and get a uniform? Wow. Then a paradigm chip. You need to go get a fat apron from the back. Salutes. So when do you say onboard and when do you say indoctrinate? When when do you change between the two? I wonder. Uh, Indoctrination is something use... that only bad people do, and we're good people, so we don't say that. Mm. We're good. We're not, we're we're not indoctrinating. Guys, we're educating. Uh, yeah. Yes, exactly. Thank you. You're picking up so fast. Um, the good news is the author edited the piece to be more informational than inflammatory. Truth be told, I've calmed down a lot since this piece was first written, and oh. I've wanted this whole post to just relax. Ah. Originally, you could see the steam rising from this post. It came in so hot. So hopefully you'll hear a little less anger and a bit more chill in the edits I've made. This so, time, I do not choose violence. Love, Linda. So what I imagine happened there is that she had a visit with her doctor. And her doctor said, I need you to do three, I need you to do three things. One, exercise. Two, stop eating so much. Three, calm down. Reduce your stress level. And the first two, and she's like, the yeah, first two were not going to happen. Way out. No way. That, that is not happening, dude. That is diet You're culture. You're only telling me that because you hate me, right? That's why you said that. Oh, you actually only told me that. Why would you, why would you make me... Give me a treatment with a 90% fail rate. That's that's a good question right there, doctor, quote-unquote. That treatment no, doesn't what acknowledge what if I, that I was you assigned give obese person? at birth. <laughs> he, I, I, I just walked into the doctor's office, and without even weighing me or doing any measurements, he looked at me and said I was obese. <laughs> so that what, is, what is up with that? That is for real, doc? Really? How do you even know? Where's the <laughs> science? Obese is a slur well, anyway, in the mouths of straight Linda with uh, FluffyKittenParty.com here. This this helpful article that um, it'll be great for you, Dane. Just listen. Uh, she starts off and says, Like a lot of people, I spend a lot of time on the internets, TM, and much of my time there is spent in online groups and communities for other fat people. I'm sure you're, you're much the same way, Dane. There are a lot of them, <laughs> and these groups cover a wide array of topics. There are groups for healthcare concerns, groups for hygiene, groups for people who like to swim, groups for fashion, and groups for talking about sex. Well, the topics the the groups are dedicated to very widely. There is one topic that always comes up in every single one and causes a great deal of fighting and distress, and that is levels of fatness. You know, mm. straight-sized, plus-sized, small-fat, infinifat, and so on. The categories. <laughs> These conversations always seem to follow a script. Someone posts a question about the different categories of fatness they see people using. They don't like the categories. They don't understand them. Where is the line? Who made the rules? Are they necessary? Are we really gatekeeping fatness in this manner? 
These categories they declare are arbitrary and rigid. They wish we would stop using them because we are all fat in this group and we do not need yes. to be divided. We are more powerful when we are united and support one brothers, another than divided sisters, categories and fighting. People, young and old, black, white, or Latino, come forward for we are all fat here. We are all united by our cellulite. Yes, sir, yes, sir. <laughs> See, Dane, well, you, you might have a basic understanding of the fact that fat people as a whole are oppressed, but as my cultural Marxist college has taught me, there are different levels to oppression, and being fat is no different. Uh, is fat enough of a descriptor? Honestly, no, not really. Fatness, like many things, exists on a spectrum. Many and then we have a explainer of the, the fat spectrum. You got your small fats, your mid fats, your large fats, your super fats, and infinite fats. And uh, along with the, the easiest way to visualize the fat spectrum is an arrow pointing up. As your size and weight go up, so do the numbers of barriers you face. Mm, oh. yep. This is society's fault, by the way. Like, you didn't do anything to cause these barriers to appear in front of you. Society did that just because you reached an arbitrary number on the scale, man. It's true. That's exactly what it is. Yeah, over time, fat activism has become increasingly intersectional. If there's anything I know, things becoming more intersectional is really good. I really enjoy that. Only good thing As communities happen. aim to center the most marginalized in their ranks, people have developed labels that describe where they fall on the fat spectrum. These labels or categories essentially attempt to create a shorthand that quickly and efficiently describes where a person is on the spectrum of fatness you know how some and their people, experiences living in the world in those fat bodies. You know how some kids growing up, they have a uh, security blanket that they clutch to and that, that like comforts them when they're like scared of something because they don't have the, the mental wherewithal to deal with the world yet and the blanket is like this thing that sort of psychologically protects them. Well, I do that, but instead of a blanket, I have all these labels, man. I'm a queer, cisgender, dynamic, homophobic, hom homosexual, uh, uh, trans, allied, uh, <laughs> infinite fat. Those are the labels my that I cover over My security blanket is my different roles of fat. I've got a couple <laughs> of prominent, prominent layers yeah, yeah. that I can just sort of cuddle up with. Yeah, yeah, but anyway, I need more labels, man. Label me more. The, those old generations were like, hey, man, don't label me, man. But I'm like, hey, man, the more labels, the better, yo. I just Now, just uh, no system of labels is going to be perfect or accurately reflect every person's lived experience, but these uh. terms are commonly used in fat communities. There is a bit of a disclaimer here. Um, I also want to acknowledge that using women's clothing size as a primary means of classification is problematic as it leaves out men and non-binary people. Oh, there's non-binary. hopefully the XL sizes help with that. Ooh, there's a lot of them out there, those non-binary. I am simply trying to encounter terms people might see out in the wild in fat communities and explain <laughs> to those who don't know. Some out of these the terms, wild. such as Infinifat, had their gender... Had their genesis in the BBW community. Oh which no! Which also spurred. Jake also spurred. Jake, you know. You what, no, tell I the don't. audience. Hey, hey, tell the audience what BBW stands for with your expertise big in that field. Black women. Oh, it's big right? beautiful women. Jake. I think it's big beautiful women, Jake. The, I always thought it made black women. Maybe in the sub I mean, forums you frequent, but it's big <laughs> beautiful know, <laughs> women. <laughs> 
Look, I get the rail on the internet, terms right? had their genesis in the BBW community, which also spurred plenty of BA fat activists in many of the online spaces we cherish today. BA? But that in its own community with its own lexicon, which I am not a part of. So I've so opted lexicon. to leave out BBW terms, which no, with no disrespect meant to people who call that community home. You it's, hear that, Dave? No own, disrespect. It's, its own lexicon, its own map legend. Uh, they've got their own like nomenclature, their own way of like uh, labeling electrical cables. Like if you build a house and you got to run low voltage electrical cabling no, in that yeah, community, you, got, like, you the are American like, wattage system, the yeah. American plugins, the European ones, and then the BBW ones. The BBW classification. I gotta get my fat adapter, man. Yes. <laughs> My fat adapter. And those, you gotta go to a Radio Shack and you gotta buy yourself a quality fat adapter. <laughs> oh man. Okay, so first up on the fat on the categories uh, spectrum, Dane, we have straight sized. A straight sized person is quite simply someone who is not fat. They do not require plus size clothing, and their body weight is not generally a barrier for them in their daily lives. So you could be straight sized and be like anorexic, regular, overweight doesn't matter it's all it's all the same you're straight size okay. you're you're small just like so the absence, like of, white. absence of white. barriers basically mm -hmm. okay dane tipman uh not being able to get out of bed in the morning because of your anorexic uh veganism not a barrier not a barrier mm. keep that okay. write that down i hope i assume you're taking notes yes yes okay great great next up on the scale we have mid-size uh, this is a term some straight-sized people have coined to describe their experience of not being skinny, but not being fat either. People who consider themselves mid-size are often around a U.S. women's size 12 or 14, and in some cases even smaller. This is a variant of straight-size that excludes people on the smaller end of the straight-size spectrum. This is a particular fetch that I don't want to help make happen, but it is gaining traction as a size category, particularly on TikTok. Mid-sized people are right in the middle of the bell curve of sizes and are not considered fat by the vast majority of people. Now that we've got those phonies, those fakes out of the way, Dane, we get into the real categories. Uh, first up, the really fat people, the, the ones that aren't uh, fake, uh, we get to the small fats, which would be someone who's below a uh, U.S. women's 18 or in the 1X to 2X range. So, uh, Dane, you can probably like follow along with them using these. Uh, so, what what size are you as a U.S. women? I don't. I have no way of knowing. I I don't know. Like t-shirt. I, I wear medium. Uh, okay, so. Jackets. Hmm. I just if they fit, I wear them. Do I need to go grab a pair of my jeans and see what I'm? So you're saying you're saying that you can find clothes that fit easily? Yes. Fascinating, you disgusting fat phobic bigot. Interesting. I'll write that down. Hmm. First off, Dane, please die. Second off, a small fat is someone on the smallest end of the fat spectrum. Think entry level fat. See, here we are back to using like the corporate words again. This is. Wow. You're yeah. on the entry level of fatness. Well, we're, we're professionally fat, is what's going well, on here. Please, call me fat. Yeah, when it fat. comes to plus-size clothing, the small fats are included in the size ranges of all plus-sized retailers, as well as many straight-sized clothes. A person who is in a small fat range 
may experience some degree of size oppression, such as doctors voicing concern about their weight or comments from friends, family, or people in general, but they're able to access public spaces and are generally not shut out of many areas of life solely due to their weight. They are not shut out. So it puts the onus to, the, the onus of accessibility is on the... Society, yes. Door frame is on, is yeah. on the designer yeah, yeah. of the structure. Yes, yes. Uh, Nothing these, is your uh, fault. These it's their fault. Straight-sized architects are not including all the the categories into their uh, huh. into their design. Next up, we have the, the mid fats. These are people who are the next step up on the uh, the fat spectrum. Uh, mid fats are typically relegated to plus size retailers and are rarely included in straight size retailers' extended sizes. At this stage, brick and mortar options for clothing tend to dry up as most options are online only. Institutional sizeism comes into oh. play much more strongly with mid-fats than small-fats. Institutional sizeism, Dane, that's an important term. You should be writing this down. You're going to be tested on it later. People in this mid-fat range are likely to experience discrimination in healthcare, weight stigma at work, in relationships, and the world oh, at yeah. large. Dan, I, we, we forgot to mention to you, if you think there's health complications with obesity, that's completely wrong. Anytime anything bad happens to an obese person, it's not because they're 600 pounds, it's because of weight stigma. Doctors treat weight them differently because they hate them. Mm-hmm, mm-hmm. If, so. if I wasn't 700 pounds, my doctor wouldn't be prescribing me to lose weight to get rid of my joint pain. That just simply wouldn't be happening. Mm. You're, I can already tell you're learning a lot. We're, we're throwing a lot at you, so try to keep up. This is some pretty advanced stuff. Uh, Mid-fats may have trouble fitting into certain seats or accessing certain spaces. However, they are still accommodated to some degree in comparison to those who are on the larger end of the spectrum. And then we have the large fats, which is a U.S. women's size 26 to 32 or a 4X or 5X. Uh, and definitions of large fat can vary, but it usually refers to people in between the mid-fat and super-fat categories. This term is sometimes used interchangeably with Lane Bryant fat, a term coined by writer Roxanne Gay. People who consider themselves large fat are on the larger size of the middle of the fatness spectrum. Ah. Which is a bit of a confusing sentence. Sorry the about that. Size Write that down. Of the middle of the of the middle it's like a Zeno of the thing. Like you're always spectrum. getting you're always getting halfway there. Or... <laughs> huh. And then uh, then after the large fats, we got the the heavy hitters, uh, the super fats. Uh, this is women size 26 and up. It may have an upper limit or not, depending on who is using this label and how they choose to employ it. Uh. The term superfat was coined at the No Lose Conference in 2008. You can read more about the term of the the history of the term here, but uh, for now, superfat was created by the fattest members of the community who felt that midfat and large fat no longer suited them, and because they felt their presence and needs were being ignored and or diminished by those smaller than them. It was specifically meant to evoke a superhero imagery and acted to unify members of the fat community around the largest fats. Some fat people at the conference even made capes. Oh no. 
<laughs> over time. Oh, I want to make a joke about the, the capes and like the size. Like we had to go over to a window, pull the window shades down, to get capes wide enough to splay across our our tremendous broad backs. Oh no. Oh no. I'm over sorry. time. As it often happens on the internet and with language in general, the meaning of this word has shifted slightly. This is this is some entomology here. This is uh, this is some pretty intense stuff. Superfat's meaning has changed slightly in some circles, and in etymology. Finifat, etymology. That's what I mean. Dane, you're getting a college level education right now. Just show some respect. Thank you very much. Dane, can I get, can I get college credit for being a part of this podcast? I think I can. I think I get yeah, uh, yeah, two, two or right three. Right now uh, you're. You're learning uh, categories 101. You can take my uh, <laughs> History of Mountain Dew elective. Uh, you can uh, take yeah. that online by listening to the uh, West Bros episode about the History of Mountain Dew uh, from uh, a couple weeks back. Uh, yeah. There is a, uh, a FATSO, uh, the FATs, the FATs test. That was mm, that yeah. was a rough one. So, But but you, if you study and if you cram the night before, you'll be able to cram with plenty. You'll be able <laughs> to pass cram. it. Can we say cram? Is that adopting a word? Are we are we uh, 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 taking stealing? I, a I'm word? A, I'm yeah I'm re I'm well, reusing the term. Hey, McLean and I are both yeah. super fast, so we're not culturally appropriating. We're just Whoa, using speak the word for yourself. I'm an infinifat, Jake. Oh, you, I've said dude, this to you, you many it. times. Man, I'm proud of you right now, McLean. Wow. I'm not sure that Jake is a signer of the declaration from the No Lose Conference of 2008. I think he sat out on that. I couldn't United get out Nations my front door that day, and they didn't have a Zoom call. <laughs> How That's convenient. Right. Oh, Jake, man. I couldn't get out mine either, but I didn't let that stop me. I busted right through that sucker. <laughs> I just well, put yeah, a little weight into it. No power scooters, man. I didn't. <laughs> uh, <clears throat> Some people who were involved with the creation of the term superfat still prefer it to infinifat. What used to be considered large fat by some is now referred to as superfat. This can be confusing for people new to the fat community, Dane, because there is so much history that is from a specific time and place. So much Ooh. history. A rich, storied history. This is like Roman mythology. It's, there's so much. But whether folks use the term with the understanding that it has a size cap where Infinifat takes over or not, you can generally always assume that when someone refers to themselves as super fat, they mean they are on the larger end of the size spectrum. People in this range experience a lack of access due to their weight on a regular daily basis. They experience discrimination in healthcare, the workplace, public spaces, and are excluded from many areas of public life. Yeah, man, society. <laughs> Bunch of jerks. <laughs> society's fault that I cannot fit through these doors. Yep. It is society's fault that this plane will not take off with me inside of it. It is society's fault that when I get on the subway, all the train, all the all the train uh, engines, they all go except for the one I'm in. They, the, the one I'm in breaks off from the rest <laughs> of the subway train. Train engines. You mean cars? You kind of lost that one there in the middle. Yeah. People who identify as super fat are either at the upper end of most plus-size retailers or may even be sized out of most plus-size retailers. They generally have no brick-and-mortar clothing stores that oh, yeah, serve them. I should mention, Dane, this is the main concern of the fat community. Their biggest thing that they talk about is clothes. That's, that's their big beef is that they can't walk into Walmart and get uh, a size 8XL shirt that they want. 
this is my main concern. Yes, this is this is something that's been deeply our troubling to me for some time. Our forefathers went off to war to fight uh, the oppressive forces overseas. They uh, they they marched in the streets for civil rights uh, during the '60s, and I I told that Walmart employee to stop being so fat phobic. <laughs> Basically, the same. These weight Nazis have got to learn, Dane. Wow. And then finally, uh, all hail, you know, trumpets, uh, overtures, all that, the Infinifats. This is women's U.S. size 32 or 34 and above, or it may be used as a variant of superfat. Now, the term Infinifat was created by Ash of the Fat oh, Lip Podcast. Speaking of which, McLean, I've, I've linked you a, an article from Ash that I want you to read. Actually, I was I was hoping you you'd read it, that Jake. I feel like you might be able to, as a as a super fat yeah, yourself, yeah, yeah. you might be able to give a slightly slightly different perspective than me as a as an infinifat. I'm a little more oppressed, of course, but that doesn't mean what you have to contribute isn't worthwhile. As oh, well. I hear you. I hear you. Everything but but everybody but Dane is important in this case. You know, his Ooh, his straight sized yes. body is frankly irrelevant. It's oppressing um, me just by its existence right now. I. Yeah, yeah. If if Dane could. Either eat or do something right now. I don't know. <laughs> Infinifat people face significant barriers due to institutionalized sizeism on a daily basis. As defined by the graphic Ash Made, which is widely circulated, Infinifat refers to anyone who is a size 34 or above and or a size 6X. Infinifats are so underserved that many may not know their actual clothing size because plus size retailers do not include them at all. This no, is, hold again, on, Dane. You said society. you didn't know your clothing size. I had no idea in, in women's. <laughs> oh, so maybe you're. Oh, do you think I, you're an infinifat? I should pause here and say, Dane, it's, it's a strange phenomenon where only women are into this. Only you. You do not. You don't find hear men. a lot about male body about male fat activists. Yeah, mm. not a thing. <laughs> I don't know why. Uh, they may have to have clothing made custom. People in this size range are excluded from participating in many areas of public life, face intense discrimination and mistreatment in healthcare, and are the most underserved of all members of the fat community. Now that's not all, Dane, because we finally have the term death fat. And this is less of like an actual, uh, it's not exactly a specific, there's no specific size range for death fat. A death fat was coined by a writer and pioneering member of the Fat Shanista Live Journal community, Leslie Kinsel, in a blog post from 2008. According to Leslie, this term was not meant to have specific size constraints and can refer to fat people of any size who wish to reclaim their morbid fatness. So, Doctor so said Dan, I was you... morbidly obese. That's just his fancy way of saying you're gross and I hate you. So, Dane, if anyone ever, in your journey, in your weight gain journey, if anyone ever calls you morbidly obese, just uh, just reply back and say, no, I'm a death fat. You have to See? own it. Own it. See how much better that is? You, you kind of, you, you, you shocked that you owned them. Now they don't have anything to say in response to that. Uh, well, if anyone ever it has says... That, has that empowering word, death, in it. <laughs> yeah. Nothing quite so empowering like the cold grip of death, actually. Gets me up in the morning. So there's... The, this this entire website is frankly uh, a a a gym, a gym of a website. You well, can, Clay, don't so say much, gym. So that word scares me. It's oh, a sugar. Oh, I'm sorry. It's a sugar I'm sorry. Website. <sighs> there's there's so <sighs> much there's so much <laughs> there's so much to be thankful for from the uh, the fluffy kitten party dot com. Um, 
there's there's some FAQs here we can dive into. You know, if if Dane has some so many questions, he he. Uh, uh, what's the platform of the fluffy kitten party? Uh, what what kind fluff, of an economic system are they are they pushing? Um, I wonder. Um, let's see about what's their stance on abortion and the the rights of. Uh, now, Dane, just because these hmm. people subscribe to a Marxist. Uh, a constructed idea of an oppressive scale. Don't go assuming their other political beliefs. You don't know them. They could be extremely right wing. I think you bring up a good question. I think we should learn a bit more about um, the Fluffy Kitten Party. So mm. I went to the about section on the website. Some real heavy lifting I'm doing on Dane's part. You know, oh, I'm not Google. Do your own oh. research, Dane. But uh, about hi, I'm Linda. I'm a nonprofit techie by day and renegade blogger by night. Here's a, here's a picture of this lovely, lovely woman. And uh, she says, I chose the name Fluffy Kitten Party for my blog because I needed a domain name and entered a ridiculous string of words out of frustration. Every dignified adult domain name I tried was unavailable. And lo, out of frustration and happy accidents, my brand was born. I started this blog as a personal project in 2018 as I quit Weight Watchers for the very last time and embarked on a journey to root diet culture out of my life. Since then, I've developed a following of people looking to do the exact same thing. I've had my works published in Scary Mommy, Adios Barbie, and I've written for Center of Discovery. I've been a guest on the Conjuring Up Courage podcast. Uh, I'm in my late 30s and live in Northern Virginia. I have a husband and a dog. Special Agent Dale Cooper. I had a cat for 17 years named Pixel, who recently passed away after a battle with kidney failure and oh, took no. a piece of my heart with her. Oh, oh no. I, I also want to add. I need to see a. These people are body I need to positive. See a of this animal. Even when it comes to their pets, they will not make their pets lose weight, even if it slowly kills them. When I'm not writing and daydreaming about being able to turn this into a full time gig so I don't have to do more Zoom calls. I create resin art, paint with watercolors, poorly, I'm learning, watch TV, eat snacks, and hang out online. I post a lot on Instagram where I go by at Little Winged Potatoes. That occupies a much bigger role than she insinuated, huh? Uh, She says, uh, have any questions? Want to have me on your podcast to talk about fat stuff? I would love to have her on Westbros. Please, please send her a message. I will, I will, I will tell her that. Um... There is a support me tab on her website, Dane. I feel like that would uh, you can buy her a Ko-Fi. I feel like that would go a long way in you making up for your fat phobia. And a Patreon where you can set up ongoing support. And the, the Patreon says you're supporting her to help bring love, potty, positivity, and cats to the world. Mm, She's yes. bringing cats to the world. Oh, hey, she owns a. Um, yes. Here's a nice picture on her Instagram of her wearing a. Uh, Baby Yoda sweater and a uh, a Baby Yoda little doll, and it says "Merry Christmas from me and my son." So that's Ooh. that's nice. Um, she is earning uh, four dollars and thirty-seven cents per month on her Patreon. A hey, baby, ching, baby. Oh, she that's has a- one patron. She has one patron. That's getting that uh, coffee money right there. Yeah. Hey, that's that's some Starbucks right there. I okay. So there are some pictures of her cat, and she, the cat does not look. Dane, I know you in your uh, your uh, wildly oppressive, uh, fat phobic worldview. You wanted to see if the cat was fat, didn't you? Yeah, I did. I did. The cat is not fat. Is it right? does not look fat. It, it does, does not, not look fat. Wow. Wow. All right. All right. That's good. That's good. I mean, it's dead, um, but it uh, before it died, it was not fat. 
Yeah, yeah. Looks like, uh, looks like her husband is a few weight classes below her, so, uh, good for him. Yeah. <laughs> so, uh, I've just sent a picture of, uh, I'm about to read an article from this lady, Ash, with the fat lip. She's the one who invented the phrase Infinifat. Uh, here she is. Okay. She's modeling a sports bra and bike shorts. So, you know, if you, if you want to buy those, because she's making them look so good. Um, hey, guys. Uh, all the things that happen to thin people in movies, love, loss, grief, pain, joy, turmoil, revelation, they happen to us, too, us fat people. Just so you know. I need more fat people in movies. All right. This is from uh, Ash's uh, blog. Um, there's some topics I've avoided really talking about no matter how many times I'm asked. One of those is the show My 600 Pound Life. I'm not going to tell you what that is or where to find it. I like to consider it the Voldemort of TV shows. Never speak its name. If you don't know about it, please enjoy Blissful Ignorance and never Google it. Trust me on this. Most of us never do know Google about it. Never Google it, Dane. Most fat people have been asked if they know about it. I wish I didn't. I've been dodging this topic for four years. Even thinking about writing this makes me feel very tired. It's a big, complicated issue. But mostly, I've not wanted to think about trying to tell an audience of people how much this show hurts us fat people. But today... I'll try. I hate this effing show. It's entrenched in weight stigma. It creates entertainment around it. It profits off a of fear of fatness and disability. And that's not even touching what it does to the actual fat people. So she goes into, she got an email because she's uh, over 600 pounds. She got an email from the, the casting office of this show. It said, uh, Dear Ash, my name is Gabe. I'm a casting assistant working with TLC on My Sister in the Pound Life. Each episode follows the lives of real people as they embark on the road to better health, blah, blah, blah. We're looking for individuals over 18, between 500 and 18 pounds, who are ready to commit to a year-long program to get approved for gastric bypass. It would be a big change for you if you're interested in learning more, blah, blah, blah. Very, very, so, uh, uh, so how would you respond to this is really the question. Uh, with the words, not no, but F no, I'd like to say that I'm shocked that they are sending out cold casting emails to people who appear to be in their target weight range, but it gets worse. Um, let's see here. Uh, well, anyway, she's mad because uh, Gabe was uh, <laughs> sending out these emails to, to the, you know, he, he, he foolishly believed that an 800 pound woman wouldn't actually want to be 800 pounds. What a, what an idiot, you know? Y'all, it is hard to feel safe allowing yourself to be seen in this world when you live in a very marginalized body. Those hashtags... Yeah, and you, are not, you are not marginalized. You live in a marginalized body. That is... That's not you. That is the body you live in, you know? Yeah, they have this language where they disassociate themselves from their own bodies. Like, I occupy a fat body. It's really weird. I think it's very spiritual. <laughs> um... So finding out the show was using these hashtags to size us up, to take a guess that we fit their weight parameters felt really gross. Um, yeah, yeah, blah, 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 blah. It's not for me to tell anyone whether or not to have weight loss surgery. I can personally vouch for how unbearable the pressure is. People think I'm unhealthy. That's, mm. that's weird. Uh, she goes into how... Uh, we don't know enough about human digestion to start ripping organs apart and putting them back together. I, lady, I feel like we're at the point where when you're 600 pounds, I think you can afford to take a couple of risks here, right? I don't know. We so don't, is she we opposed, don't know enough. Is she opposed to surgical modification of human bodies? Oh. <laughs> Ooh. Uh-oh. Hey, no, no, no. Gender, that's not gender, you're not, that's gender affirming, Dane, okay? That's different. That's about affirmation, and so is this. You gender affirming using what method, though? 
We're affirming that you're that a woman by hacking off a completely different Dane. Dane, you bigot. Dane. No, Dane, this is violent. your last appearance on West Bros if you keep saying stuff like that. <laughs> It's not That's magic. not invitation. There's slicing and dicing involved in, in any <laughs> surgical process. We don't know enough. We don't know enough. <laughs> Trust the science, we, follow... but we don't know enough. <laughs> we have we to follow the science, and this is not the science. <laughs> oh, no. We in fat people feel a palpable discomfort from most smaller fat people. You don't know how we fit into your world. You don't know how to accommodate us into your spaces. And you definitely don't know how to talk about and feel the trauma of your lived experiences of anti-fatness while knowing that ours are probably worse and you don't even ask. We feel that your deep-seated fear that we might be your future. Okay, if, if your New Year's resolution involves looking less like me, Dane, think about that for a while, alright? Yeah, yeah, what's the matter? You don't want to look like me? You don't want to, you don't want to have all these doughy, malleable <laughs> Beautiful rolls. rolls. <laughs> Beautiful. You don't want this, you don't want this infinitesimally large torso? <laughs> I don't want to lose my breath walking up a set of stairs. Oh, Dane, you know no, what no, this no, no, bovine-sized no, no. gunt on you? What's the Why matter, Dave? Why do you Dane? think you'd lose your... That's, <laughs> you, you'd think that's because of being fat. See, you've internalized your fat phobia here. You think that actual health problems are the consequence of carrying 400 extra pounds around on your frame? What what fat-phobic bigot told you that, Dane? Where'd you get that idea from, huh? Huh? Let's hear it. Come on. I want names. I want names. <laughs> <laughs> Spill the beans, Dane. Reveal Name these one. names. We're gonna Name publish. one We're academic gonna study. people. Name one academic study that can honestly connect uh, a connection between fatness and and disease. You, you can't. Right. The answer is there is you none. Can't, you can't. You can't name one that I won't discredit because it's been you know funded by uh, by actual institutions of learning and science and nutritional science. Follow the science, Dane. The science is settled. Dane, yeah, science also. You by may the way, not believe in science. But science definitely believes in you. Yes, Dan. Mm. All right, McLean, is there any more education Dan needs on this topic, or have we, have we about just, covered it? I just, I just want to real quick. I want, I want Dane to introduce Dane to uh, Doctor Lindo Bacon, not Linda Bacon. That's her dead name. Do not dead name him, him, her. Which one? Um, uh, uh, I think you're just uh, dead gendered. Uh oh, hi. Uh, Oh, jeez. Uh, health at every size, Dane. Health at every size. Uh, Dr. Linda Bacon was notable for writing the book Health at Every Size, The Surprising Truth About Your Weight, uh, before she transitioned into Dr. Lindo Bacon. But on her website, haescommunity.com, Hayes, Health at Every Size, uh, she says, he says, it, the, the website says, let's face facts. We've lost the war on obesity. Fighting fat has not made fat go away, and being thinner, even if we knew how to successfully accomplish it, will not necessarily make us uh, healthier or happier. Protest, the uh, war on obesity, obesity has taken its toll. The, the obesity epidemic began when we introduced the food pyramid and told people to make carbohydrates their main, their main dietary source of... Uh, Jake, you're no better than Dane with that kind of talk. I'm sorry, I'm sorry. Did I say sugar was bad for you? I, I meant good. Sugar's an energy source, guys. You need it to function properly. Extensive collateral damage has resulted from the war on obesity. Food and body preoccupation, self-hatred, eating disorders, discrimination, poor health, etc. Few of us are at peace with our bodies, whether because we're fat or because we fear becoming fat. 
I'm sending a photo to at the every size if it, if it is the new here. peace movement. It helps us recognize that health outcomes are primarily driven by social, economic, and environmental factors, requiring a social and political response. It also supports people of all sizes in adopting healthy behaviors. It is an inclusive movement, recognizing that our social characteristics, such as our size, race, national origin, sexuality, gender, disability status, other attributes are assets and acknowledges and challenges the structural and systemic forces that impinge on living well. So, so Dane, if you want to show your commitment to health at every size and sign the HAES uh, pledge at HayesCommunity.com, uh, I'd greatly appreciate that. And if you do not, you are a bigoted, bigoted person who is I, trying to oppress me just because I, I happen to weigh the size, <laughs> the same weight as half of an elephant. Now, I am the other half of that elephant, thank you very much. Dane, what I've done here, I've sent a photo to the Discord. This is an example of a phenomenon I've noticed on Instagram. When you look up these hashtags, what happens is they'll, they'll post a picture. It's always funny to read the, the comments first and then look at the picture. They All these people on Instagram, they agree to lie to each other, basically. <laughs> they tell each other that they, they look good. Uh, they, they, Stephanie Ruth228, all caps, slay, you are gorgeous, purple heart emoji. Yeah, they all lie to each other so that in return, other people can lie to them. It's like this circle where they agree to just lie to each other so they feel pretty. And it's the most ridiculous thing when you look at it because this woman, it's like... It's a pile of mashed potatoes, and then there's a head on top of it, and the comments are like, thank you for this gorgeous picture. It's like, you no, what? You don't actually Dana, believe this, do you? Dane, I will be sending you a picture pri- privately, DMing you a picture of my stomach, <laughs> and I do want you to send back a message somewhere <laughs> along the lines of, Slay, you're so hot, and uh, if you could work in the word sexy beast, I'd appreciate it, but I, I, it's, not, uh, it's not a requirement. Some, some semi-obscene uh, commentary is what's needed here. <laughs> I wonder, return, is Stephanie Ruth... Objectify my large body, please. Is the heart that Stephanie Ruth posted purple because it's bruised, I wonder, from <laughs> from attempting to pump blood through this turgid, uh, fat-plugged body? It's the, bruised. The build up well, day. there are no health so, effects of being morbidly obese, so we know that that cannot be it's it. bruised that because not, of internalized, internalized fat phobia. Those words you said to her about her weight, they hurt so much that they bruised her heart. Those words I said to, to her when she heard... <laughs> Directly. Yes. Yes. Dane, I well, she's holding your phone I demand. Mirror, so. I demand that you go on Instagram and search hashtag uh, Infinifat, and you will see some way, of the, Mc, the most McClay, beautiful Jake, queens. Are you uh, are you both looking at this picture, by the way? Yeah. Yes. I'm. Of course. I'm you, staring you at you. I have it framed on my wall. Do you see you behind her? Do you see behind her that her toilet lid is open? Yes. Yes, that is. I, yes. I want you to imagine that before taking this picture, she just <laughs> finished up a monster truck dump yes, in yes, that yes, toilet gotcha. and obliterated it. Hey, so for all we know, healthy colon, healthy colon. For all we know from this yes. photo, we're only looking at it from the front. We don't know how you know wide she is from the other side. She could still be sitting on that toilet. You're exactly no. right. She might be fully seated, legs in the air, and we just can't tell. Oh, this no. Is no, 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 Dana, yeah, it looks like no there chance. are some some anime uh, drawings on the hashtag Infinifat hashtag, so a little something a little something for you. Um, there's there's some just beautiful queens here on Instagram. These these beautiful beautiful women that uh, ah, are honestly I'm in so love, attractive. Man. 
I'm um, in love. I don't know who they asked. I didn't actually first, even. But... I didn't even actually realize that they were fat until I read the hashtag. So uh, it's yeah, like society like, um, calls them cows. fat, but all I see is a beautiful queen. I don't know what you guys see. And, you know, it's just it, there's so much to love, and it's hard to tell where the ass ends and the calves begin. <laughs> really, it's just just rolling it's, it's a waves. <laughs> Hey, this are is, these this, the waves of grain, the amber waves of grain that were foretold? This is totally mm. natural, Dane. Bodies come in all sizes. You know, your ancestors were fat. Everybody was fat until diet culture took over in the pit. Look, hey, if you didn't have an 800-pound grandfather, you're lying to me right now, all right? You definitely mm. did. <laughs> you know, when the when the pilgrims pulled up to, to North America... These large, just <laughs> rotund up. natives just rolled pulled up. rolled to the beaches. They believe they legitimately <laughs> believe this that the Indians were fat. They believe that we are fat phobic because when we went to Africa, the you're get trying slaves, to tell me that the natives the, didn't celebrate all body types. Yeah, get real, Dane. The, they they legitimately believe that when we went to Africa to get slaves, all the black people were like 600 pounds, and we we went, oh no, we better not be fat, and that's why we decided being fat was bad because we're racist. There, Dane. I sent the uh, the link to the Infinifats hashtag on Instagram to the Discord. Once again, doing your research for you. Uh, oh, man. Beautiful queens right here. Oh, look <laughs> it's, uh, They're all beautiful queens. Hey, yes. uh, this, do you, yes. It's weird how how much um, Infinifat and, and uh, being gay uh, go in go together. It seems like that happens a lot. There, there seems to be some sort of correlation okay, here. They're just throwing off is, the but... oppression of society and embracing their true selves. That's what, what it is. I was wondering like, what was up. This is like looking at an animal in its natural state in the wild. This is, if society's not, you know, telling you what to do, this is what you end up naturally. This is natural. If I can only find an OnlyFans link for these lovely women, that's, that's what I'm really after. I'm not sure. I'm not sure whether some of this is sexual or not. Oh, if there's <laughs> one thing I've learned, Dane, these women are very vocal and very open about their desires and wants and needs. Every so every topic is about sex, Dane. Dane, whether you're new to this or if you've been making the choice for years to reject fat phobia and weight stigma of any kind, I'm curious to know some specific things that have really helped you continue to stand firm. Who are some people that you follow that encourage you to love all of you? How do you fight through and overcome the thoughts that you think about yourself as your body might change or you feel differently than you once did? Uh, feel free to tag people. Holy cow. Yeah, the, by the way, nude fat art. That's the thing, too. You're going to find a lot of that when you go down this rabbit hole. A lot of yeah, nude art. Yeah, thankfully Instagram kicked me out because I don't have an account and I didn't... Uh, no! How's Dane going to look at fat bodies? Well, here, I'll just I'll take a screen cap of what I'm looking at. All right. No, I'm good. I, I don't need that much more. I, I don't need that. Oh, don't worry, Dane. Uh, Dane. You can probably just go that over to your OnlyFans little, uh... account and find these women. Oh, yes. I'm Check a premium purple. subscriber. Wow. So what's the bottom line here, fellas? There's, what's the message to take away from this? That I thought that we... That's what we've been saying the entire time. It's accept fat bodies. This is... Yeah. Yes. <laughs> What were you? What were you? What were you gonna ask? I don't. Well, I was thinking about like what? What is the? What? What is the 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 the, so, the the burden on society that's created by a person's choices? That you know, do, does the guy who skydives and, and breaks his leg frequently 
and has to go to the emergency room. Is is he? Are his health choices a, a huge burden on society when taxpayer dollars have is, to go to fix his broken Gage, leg? Well, is Gage oppressed because of his leg? Is what is that what you're well, asking? At a certain or? point, it's when you embrace this lifestyle that's it's this chronic, ongoing thing that's just going to get worse and worse, and the medical bills are going to stack up, and and then eventually you get the diabetes. Eventually, you got to cut the leg off. You got to get the insulin. It's like this uh, snowballing thing. So I think it's it's worse than like a guy breaks his leg or something. This is like they're not dedicating their lives mm. to getting on that 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 payout, that dole to to keep up their. Mm. And they all you know they all apply for disability at some point. It's it's, it's a bizarre it's a bizarre. My life my pseudo my pseudo intellectual analysis of the whole situation was the fact that everybody. Everybody wants to have, like, self-esteem. Everybody wants to feel good about themselves. And these people mm-hmm. do, too. Unfortunately, they're burdened by the, the massive amount of weight on them. They, they do not look good. They are not healthy. They do not feel good about themselves. But that's they not... They can't feel good, yeah. Nobody wants, nobody wants to feel bad about themselves. So instead, the, the way to improve yourself, the way to get self-esteem, is to put in the work, work out at the gym better yourself as a person, all of that. Or you could go deeper into denial, pretend there isn't a problem, blame it all on society, any, any, whenever you get those thoughts of like, something, something's wrong here, say that's internalized fat phobia, and actually society needs to start making uh, different areas more accessible to, to infinifats. And in fact, none of this is your fault, health at any size, therefore you can feel good about yourself and you yeah, can read well, Instagram comics that comments that tell you that you're beautiful and slay your gorgeous queen, um, and without actually having to do any of the work or better yourself or improve yourself in any it, sort it of is, way. It's it an interesting. You can just worldview. fall further and further down. Yeah, it's an interesting worldview where they cannot simultaneously hold the idea of self-love and personal responsibility. Like those are mutually exclusive. Either you love yourself or you're going to make yourself better, but you can't do both somehow. I, I surmised it was a bell curve. You get people that are very attractive, and they're very confident. They feel good about themselves, and they they don't shy away from telling people that they look good or they feel good about themselves. You get average people who don't really feel that strongly about how they look, and they're probably not going to post a bunch of pictures on Instagram or try to try to get a, drum up a bunch of hashtags to get people to say slay queen because they just look average. They don't feel bad about themselves. They don't feel excessively good about themselves. But then you can get these people that are so far gone. They go into a deep, deep denial, and instead are 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 je- trying to exude just as much confidence as those people on the other side of the curve that are very attractive. These people that are very, very overweight, very just down in the dumps. They're trying to give off an image of "I love myself. I feel great about myself," because they're so far in denial about where they're at. Now that being said, Dana, I feel like you've uh, you've absorbed your lesson here on on fatness, and we can move on. What I do you know about? I consumed my lesson. I <laughs> I've absorbed quite a bit of the objects in the room within my fat folds, uh, but that's that's a different topic. Now, Dana, what do you know about the subreddit r slash anti work? Oh no, we we're not we can't start a new topic. Oh no, <laughs> I'm still reeling. Uh, from the last one. Look, Dane hasn't fully... Unlike unlike that pack of Twinkies earlier, Dane hasn't fully digested this. Uh, like <laughs> me. <laughs> that pack of Twinkies has gone right through you. Oh, boy. That, that was ingested quite easily, my friends. 
No, that's really why you actually record from your bathroom. You just remain on the toilet. <laughs> so as soon as it goes through, you don't have to Saves get time, up and man. amble your corpulent form over to the ejection. <laughs> no, the good news. You're already the there. The good news is. Do you remember that? The news good news story? is. I now. I now look like a fertility goddess. Do you remember the news story about the lady who wanted to kill her boyfriend or her husband who was an astronaut or something? So she goes she goes on this cross country road trip to kill him, and to save time, because she can drive drive nonstop, she just wears diapers the whole time. You remember that? That's an old one. Oh. No, Jake. No, I don't remember that at all. What are you talking about? Dude, that was all over the place. Well, I'm old. I'm old. I'm sorry. I, I was all over the place back in the day. Um, But r slash anti-workday, and what do you know about it? Nothing. I know nothing about r slash anti-work. I can guess. Tell me about it. Oh, it's taken off lately. Um, it's, uh, let's see here. I have an article about it. It started off innocently enough. Yeah. r slash anti-work was originally originally a home for lazy anarcho-communists who literally wanted to abolish work. Uh, from the moment it began, it was all about the abolition of money and property. So it's been, yeah, a bunch of it was a subreddit for a bunch of commies. And then for some reason, around about the around when um, uh, COVID and the the um, sorry words, when yeah when people were starting to go back to work, a bunch a bunch of people in society maybe you've heard about this you know the Great Resignation, the labor shortage. A bunch of people decide yeah I don't really want to go back to work. I want the government to pay me to stay home, and so they joined the subreddit. And so you know it's it's now a mix of of communists and just like surely your typical liberals, but they don't want to go to work. It's it's a lot easier to stay home. <laughs> so the subreddit has become it's just a bizarre place, man. It's a bizarre place, and it's got like. Almost two million followers now, but yeah, we, we, we covered it on West Bros before. But I I just found out that on Fox News, on Fox News, they got the moderator, the the main moderator on Fox News with uh, Jesse Waters, um, head moderator Doreen Ford went on with Fox host Jesse Waters for an interview that would demonstrate every stereotype A about lovely, the group. A lovely, lovely young woman, I must say. Who, who, okay. Now, now, she, she, he, she, whatever, goes on Fox News, just like, they look like what I imagine McLean looks like in his parents' basement, like the unwashed hair, the, oh, the, no. the, the <laughs> whoa, whoa, Jake, they are not room. nearly as fat as I am. Not, not even, they aren't even pushing super fat levels like yeah. I am, man. <laughs> alright, alright, alright. They look so nothing like this, me. Like Don't impress me. Think of your stereotype of the guy who lives in his mom's basement, and that's what he looked like on national news. Jesse Waters, uh, it, it demonstrated every stereotype. A self-identified autistic non-binary dog walker with disheveled hair in a messy room, swiveling back and forth in his slash her chair and looking away from the camera as she explained why laziness is a virtue. When Waters took pity on him slash her and pitched a softball question about future plans, she opined in a monotone that she might want to teach philosophy one day. It was an unmitigated disaster that set off a chain of events that would lead to the amused attention of the internet writ large. Uh, the subreddit banished Doreen and every moderator in her orbit from the space as it worked to restore dignity. Uh, a petition to shut down the whole sub spring to the top almost immediately followed by claims that sorry wouldn't cut it and waves of direct messages urging her to step away. Uh, they, they replaced her with a, uh, with somebody who lasted for like two days. He was like some other communist, um, uh, blah, 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 blah. Believe it or uh, not, there are some communist undertones of, of the anti-work subreddit. I know. Anyway. 
That's a whole silly story. I don't think you can be a good communist and refuse to perform labor. Yeah. I I, I feel like if if you're a real good communist, you better be ready to go out there and farm. You better go out there and build stuff. These are more of the useful That sounds like hard communism, Dane. I don't like that. I want the government to just give me my paycheck every week while I sit here and blog about my fat oppression. These are the people less concerned with the results of communism and more concerned with overthrowing the current capitalist system. And then everything will be good. I encourage you to take a look on r slash anti-war. Just just take a little scroll through there. I've linked it there. Um, Oh, they're, they're very into the, the union thing, unionizing and uh, protesting people. A while back, you were protesting Kellogg's, uh, damaging Pop-Tarts packages in the stores to show how much they hate Kellogg's policies. <laughs> they accomplished a lot, I'll tell you that. Interesting. Uh, most of it is complaints about their boss or, uh, like, just whining. Oh, what is it? Uh, okay. <laughs> This person is is circulating a uh, a vaccine exemption because they're part of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. No, no, it's an exemption from working with the unvaccinated because people who have religious exemptions are stupid. So, sorry, okay, I'm trying to unpack this. It says Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster re-religious liberty exemption. I am writing as a representative of the Church of the Flying Spaghetti Monster. It's sort of the the, the atheist joke, the, uh, oh, you believe in a man yes. in the sky? Well, I believe in a flying spaghetti monster. Anyway, um, yep. our members yep, must that. not be exposed to an unvaccinated individuals. While some may choose not to be vaccinated, they are knowingly taking the risk of infecting others. So please take all, me- all measures to help our members avoid contact with the unvaccinated, placing them in a special area to contain their emissions. Thank you for respecting my religious liberty. <laughs> so, apparently... Your rights include trampling on my rights. That's how rights work. <laughs> but okay. Um, this this poster on r slash anti-work has received 8,000 upvotes in 8 hours and multiple awards. So I applied for a company, Better Pay, and they got back to me and asked me for an interview. Awesome. I replied saying that they can call me around 4pm the following day. Most people have been giving me phone interviews because, well, everything. The reply said that they would be having interviews next week and to schedule a time to come in. I thought that was kind of weird, so I scheduled the time for next week. Next week rolls around and it's time to go to this interview. It's a bit of a hike, but no big deal. I get to listen to more of my audiobook. I turn the corner and see a building with an impeach Biden flag. And I think, oh God, is that who I'm interviewing for? I look back at my GPS and I still have about 0.1 miles around a bend in the road to go. Whew. I keep going, and then see another building with the same impeached Biden flag. This time, it is the building I'm supposed to go interview for. I made a snap decision and thought anyone proud enough in their capitalist, fascist views to wave a flag like that is not worth my time, nor worth working for. So I drove home. No real moral of this story, I guess, but I thought you would enjoy my close encounter. Edit. Just so we're clear, I don't care who this company supports politically. I care that they care enough to make a definitive statement about politics. I didn't go through the interview because I can extrapolate how a company treats their employees based on the type of people who would own and fly such a flag. Snap yeah, that's right. Anti-work. These yes. people that I didn't interview with and didn't talk to whatsoever, they're, they're, they're horrible people. 
so Arsahant Network is a very interesting sub because it's it's half diehard communists and half just generic liberals. And then when These people hear from the fascists. diehard communists, the generic liberals get mad because they're making them look bad. The the autistic dog walker went on Fox News and just just made the whole sub look bad and so they freaked out. Anyway. I, I feel like your actual like your your tanky communists wouldn't have any interest in someone who refuses to work. I mean, I feel like if you're if you're a hard, if you're a hardcore Stalinist and someone says, "Yeah, no, my, my contribution to the society is going to be to sit at home," I think the Stalinist is going to say, yeah, "No, no, it's no, it's not." I should rephrase that then. They're hardcore communists in as far as the useful idiot hardcore communist can be. You know, the one that gets shot the minute the communists take over. Ah, uh, like, the ones who get the wall immediately. Yeah. yeah. Yes. It, it, no, is the self-described? I, I haven't opened up the subreddit, and I'm not going to. Um, is the <laughs> is the self-identification anarcho-communists? Is like is that the term that you saw, Jake? Yes, yes. Okay, so they're anarchist communists. So they're no throwing hierarchy. around words like bourgeois. Yeah. Yep. So anarchists, meaning no hierarchy, no putting people above others, and communism. So establishing a system, a communist system. If the bourgeois gave us small concessions, they could appease the masses for decades. Universal health care, wage increase, slightly less horrible cops, but they are so greedy, they won't even do these little things to hold off their own demise. It is coming. That is insane. At Keep Austin Nasty, you lunatic. <laughs> Keep Austin Nasty? Wow. Anyway, they're really, they're really uh, high on Lager King, uh, he reposted that from Twitter. Hmm. They're really high on themselves right now because uh, fast food companies especially are being hard hit by the what they call the Great Resignation. There's a huge labor shortage because nobody wants to work anymore because eh, the government will give me money. Uh, but yeah, fast food companies are just uh, losing losing employees left and right, and they're they're just they're just so excited about this. Now, Dane, you don't seem to have a, an official job at at the moment. You seem to have quit your your teaching job and. Yeah, Dave, what do you do these days? That's something that oh, is, this the reveal, is this the reveal personal information about your guest part where we yeah. talk about where you can find Dane if you want to track him down? Yeah, yeah. Dane, like, Dane, you know, Dane, the color of your house, I noticed, is the where same. Where would you be at 8.30 <laughs> on Sunday night? Yeah, Dane, how many like entrances could, I feel like into you your could home? Be and which ones those address numbers on your, on your house. What's going yeah. on? Yeah, I had to move after the last couple of Westbros episodes came out. I had to change my name. Could we, uh, let's, let's avoid the, uh, where I work and what I do for a living until the recorders are off. Yeah, you can talk in, you know, generic, uh, 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 you, you know. I'm just saying, Dan, are you anti-work? Because I'm, I'm a little, I'm a little curious here. I, yeah. Doesn't seem like a steady income is coming into the tip. The man of went from the man went from being a, a high school teacher, uh, a vice president of a radio station, running for city council, to just dropping off the face of the map. An anarcho-communist farmer it's taking a paycheck from Uncle Sam. Farmers Why soybeans tax dollars. Was I the vice president of the radio? I don't think I was. Yeah, yeah. I you, thought I was just a regular board I, member. If you I, weren't, you then I think I was lied more than, to. More than Jake, I. I don't think I was. Might have been. So you you farm soybeans now, is that right? Uh, what can I talk about? Um, I'll talk about the. I can talk about homeschool stuff. Can we talk about homeschool stuff? Those for a mammary glands aren't going to grow themselves. Wait, homeschool Jake. stuff. Well, now I'm a little now I'm a little confused, Dan. You have children? 
So when you when you edit this episode, you cut out all that stuff about like what I do for a living and so on. We can pick it up here. Um, so I've been doing uh, uh, homeschool teaching, which sounds kind of funny. Not not homeschooling my own kids. Obviously, I don't have any kids. Dane's but, impotent. Uh, we all know this. Yeah, yes. yeah, yeah, yeah. Yikes. Well, the, the soy has just racked yeah. my body's ability to produce <laughs> testosterone. Uh, Dane, Dane's uh, estrogen levels are too high, actually. <laughs> <Yes>. <laughs> Overproduction of estrogen. I'm actually donating my estrogen to my uh, trans brothers and your... sisters. <laughs> What's it feel like having what a wife with higher go? testosterone levels than you do? <laughs> anyway, no, uh... uh no, no, so I've been uh, working with uh, local homeschool families teaching their kids. Um, so there's a little homeschool cooperative in Brookings that was put together uh, kind of last year. And it's been uh, doing what homeschool cooperatives do. It's a very common system. And it involves you know other, other local folks, either homeschool parents themselves or just educated people um, who knows a skill or know a trade or just can teach well and... So we all come together and teach kids who are homeschooling or partially homeschooling. And it's really given me a, a good um, firsthand account, I guess you could say, of what the homeschooling experience can be like for some people. Um, you know, when I was younger, I had impressions of what I thought homeschool kids were like and what I thought homeschooling was like. You know, I, I had some of those stereotypes. Hi, like, oh, you I'm homeschool, homeschool. homeschool kids are Have weird. Have you seen the latest episode of Adventures in Odyssey? You play Minecraft lately? <laughs> Uh, now, Adventures in Odyssey was that the, like like that Bible? Uh, Adventures in Odyssey Christian is one of the best radio Dane. shows that was ever on the air, and I'll thank you not to insult it, even though I, I was going to say, stereotypes. careful, you're backing into some some Dane, you're treading on thin ice. Precious I've childhood memories with Adventures in Odyssey, Dane. So I'm sorry I brought I it up. I shouldn't out. have done. Adventures in Odyssey. Uh, the official magazine of Adventures Focus on the Family. Oh, Focus on the Family. Whoa. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I'm Dr. James Look at Dobson, this. president of Focus on the Family. I gotta check this out. Uh, whatever the case, so so I had these stereotypes that I believed about homeschool kids, and I I, I was friends with some homeschool kids uh, who went to our local church and so on, and and so I'd kind of got this idea. Oh yeah, homeschool kids are kind of weird. They're kind of different, and. I think they are kind of weird, and they are kind of different, sure, but all kids are kind of weird and kind of different. And, and you also believe these things like, man, you know, they're going to miss out on all this social development stuff. And how just not true. I'll, I'll tell you what, Dane. Everyone says that, but mm. in my experience, whenever I meet a kid who is homeschooled, once they become an adult, they end up 20 times better than any public school kid I knew. I just want to say, like, I, I can't speak for everybody who goes through homeschooling, and obviously it's a very personal experience. It depends on your parents or, you know, whoever's, you know, your guardians, whoever's homeschooling you. Um, but I've, I've, I've really, it's really changed my mind, you know, about the system. Um, I, I feel much, I feel pretty positively about the homeschooling system at this point in my life um, because I'm, I'm seeing firsthand and actually participating in sharing knowledge with kids in a, in a, in a scenario that's not like the public school scenario, which I also have firsthand experience with. Oh, Dane, if you that's, can, if you can uh, give us some some quality content on your experience in the public school system, I'd love to hear it because I, uh, or I think we're going to be on the same page there. Yeah, I, I don't have anything Actually, like. Um, 
Curiously enough, to mm. interrupt Dane Tipman, which happens often in the show, but Jake and I do it. Yeah, I like it that we have a guest. Um, it's, uh, yeah, Gage, yeah. for whatever reason, Gage has vehemently defended the uh, the public school system on, on several occasions. I can't I can't speak for the man while he's not here, but to speak for him while he's not here, he he seems to think that uh, it's actually quite effective and that uh, it's, it's more of a personal responsibility, which I guess is true to some point. But I think it's weird that he would fall in on that stance. Well, and uh, I, I think it's a worthwhile debate that should a society educate its youth, and if so, what should that system of education look like? Hey, it takes a village. Hillary Clinton told me that. Hmm. Uh, oh, Hill Dog. <laughs> uh, you know how Dan, she's right about stuff. Isn't there a bit of like a... I mean, I've never been the public school teacher you have, this is why I'm asking. I've always assumed there was this, like, top-down, like, they, they, they passed down, like, you gotta teach them this, you can't say this, you can't teach them that. It's, it's a very, um, how would I put that? I, I feel like, okay. Control? To me, it seems. Hierarchical? Kind of. Well, what I'm trying to say is, when I, I left the school, public school system, 2013 is when they graduated. I feel like right after that, for whatever reason, that's when things got crazy. Like the year after I left, things just got weird. I, I don't know. I don't. I don't exactly know what to put my finger on there, but it just seems like a weird top-down thing kind of came in. I mean, I'm just referring to like what I knew of Brookings Harbor High School, but um, I, I think that No Child Left Behind, which was the George Bush education. Oh yeah. Change up. Well, I guess I was. Um, I was. Not, I grew up in that. Oh, so I was used to that. You were, yeah, you you're a product, I think, of the NCLB stuff. Um, it did show. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna say that No Child Left Behind was like a, a, a new era. I, I'm, I'm sure that lots of presidents have had their education initiatives. You know, we're gonna fix it, and the next president comes along, we're gonna fix it. Um, oh, that's but I think what, uh, that 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 did. Core. I. I, to this day, have no idea what Common Core was. I just know they implemented it after I left, and all I ever hear is, like, the standard, like, right-wing, oh, Common Core makes kids dumb and, and math is pointless now, but I don't actually know what it was. A lot of people don't know what Common Core is, yeah. Um, are, are, are we trying to pivot to what what is Common Core? I think that would get us into the weeds. Um, well, I, I, I think that, to get to that. your point, which was you felt like things changed after you got out of the education system, um, 2012. I'm not sure if there's anything specifically that came up in 2012. I mean, I'm not sure when Obama's, because he had an education rollout. Not No Child Left Behind, but well, every student can succeed. I can think of a specific. Every student well, succeeds. For example, I I think um, in the case of Brookings Harbor High School, it was right after I left Essa, yeah. that like. All the gender stuff came in, like all the LGBT. Like, I mean, it was there to an extent before, but I just wonder if it was because of what, there's a bit of a generational thing there. Like, we were sort of like the last generation of. I don't know if that was necessarily as institutional as you might think it was, Jake. I think that was well, more just kind of like the changing of the tides. Yeah, well, it, I think uh, it was a generational that, like, thing because. Because my my class was sort of like uh, the last like millennial group, and then Gen Z was like. I was sort of at that cutoff point. So by the time you guys were going through high school, it was all it was all like a Gen Z more more kind of thing. I don't know what I'm saying. <laughs> I, I think that has more to do with the fact like it was more like several isolated incidents that happened at BHHS. Like the um, they put up the signs for the trans bathrooms, which I wonder if those are still there. That's this is probably yeah. I think they would have um, thought of doing that while I was there. So that I guess that's and then what I mean. and then uh, like, 
probably you just hearing me complain about uh, Mr. Scott. Uh, Mr. Oh, yeah, Mr. Oh, yeah, things went downhill when Larry Martindale left, man. That's what it, every, every school needs a good authority figure for the students to rally against. It's how you make, how you make, you make friends in foxholes, man. You need a common enemy. We, you need more Larry Martindales at that school. Hmm. Did you work? Did he you was work the, at the he was the high school principal. He was. Yep. Uh, we, the the first year, I really started working at the school district in about 2012. Um, just to further dox myself on this uh, great radio show, <laughs> uh, was yeah, when yeah. Uh, was like his final year, I think. No, no yeah, uh, yeah, so yeah. I got to work with him. Our a class bit. drove him to retirement. It was it was a beautiful thing, man. It was a beautiful so, thing. So so Dane was there for the Larry the Larry era the Lara the Larry era, man. Yes, the Larry I administration. That, uh, were you uh, were you were you pro Larry or anti Larry? Uh, Dan, I don't, I, I don't uh, actually, I, was, I didn't, because I, I came into BHHS like a year or two after he left. Larry was a and walking was cartoon not a lot character. Of, there was not I a lot of him. pro Larry sentiments. Uh, I loved him. Uh, well, I mean, I, I really like that we're on this topic too, because that's such a general interest for the audience. <laughs> Hey, um, everyone's seen, everyone and, has seen you know, those 80s Dane, movies the audience, with like the crazy principal, the principal Rooney, the, the over-the-top, like, I'm gonna get you! Everyone needs it's that. It's a common experience, this Larry Martindale person, yeah, is what yeah. you're saying. Everyone everybody knows, knows, everybody everybody knows what we're Larry. talking about. You know the stereotype. Everybody, everybody, everybody knows what Larry Martindale is, and it's yeah. important to them to hear about this, these stories. Dane, the, the audience for West Bros is literally Jake and me, so yes, this is what the audience wants. <laughs> That's still too many people. I'm still uncomfortable. Get up, go with your, uh, go with your Larry them. apologetics. Come on, my, let's hear my it. street number and where. What, what Dave was trying to say was he was an bomb. ardent defender of Larry Martindale. Is that, yep. is that what you're trying to say? No, I was fine with him, but he was a he was a one legged duck treading water at the end. There, he was he was just <laughs> s- s- swimming in place and just waiting for. Once it you lose, end. once you lose the faith of, of your constituents, it's yeah, man, it's all over. That, that's kind of what I got too. Was the the fact like the last year or two he was there it was like everyone knew he was leaving, everyone knew who he was, and everyone had their opinion on him. So there wasn't necessarily mm. a lot he was getting. And boy, to. the students enjoyed pushing his buttons. It was it was a beautiful thing, man. As a high school student who wants your classic stereotypical, uh, uh, you know, eighties teenage movie shenanigans to go on, I was very happy with Louis Martindale. I'm not sure if they're still doing senior pranks anymore. I'm not sure if the, a, if the no, kids have the interest. Um, that, that's another thing. That's, Dang, I feel like the remember? attitude. The attitude in the schools has shifted. It's no longer mm. like the kids mm-hmm. versus the system. It's more like the system is like their parents. It's a really weird thing, man. When nobody wants to rebel, everyone just wants to be safe, and it's just this nice, cuddly, well, I was gonna ask, environment. Dane, if you Jake, remember... you've really got your finger on the pulse of what's happening in our public schools. I didn't realize you were so oh, connected yeah. to <laughs> what young people in high youths. schools are going through. I'm are just, you hearing this from your high school girlfriends or something? Is that where you're getting <laughs> well, this from? I had like from three, your, from three your several brothers. underage young young women that you're communicating <laughs> had, with okay, regularly on Instagram and <laughs> yes. Telegram and three younger brothers who who grew up through the system after me, and I'm also a, I'm a youth leader with with our local church. So like I, I feel like I'm pretty good. <laughs> I'm a pretty good. No, you're not a youth leader. No, was, don't tell me these lies. I was a youth lies. pastor for like four oh, months, Dane. Youth pastor? Hey, Crystal. Interim, oh, no. interim youth pastor. Yes. The interim youth. True story, Dan. I know. Laugh it up, buddy. Laugh it up. Whoa. The many whoa. sides of Jake Westbrook. Oh, no. I know. 
Dane, I was oh, trying oh. to ask you if you remembered uh, 2018, or I believe it was, when the senior pranked inadvertently faked a school shooting. Oh, a little bit, yeah. How that went? How that go down? Refresh my memory. I don't know if I've told it on Westboro's before, but I believe it be plan. Really I wasn't involved prank, with this. Right? Yeah, yeah, I wasn't involved with this at all. But apparently, some student leaders. Um, I don't. I don't even remember who exactly was in on it. But it the, uh, yeah, but the student leaders, the 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 more the people more involved with these sorts of things, had this idea to at just one random point in the afternoon. They would start playing like the purge, the the sound effects from the purge, like the audio message oh, the purge yeah. has now started. Oh, and I yes. believe the okay. plan was to go in, like play scary sound effects and go like flickering flickering lights and stuff. McLean, yeah, what do That's scary. That is very scary. And um, as a, as a frightened child, I I no, expect Jake. the school to affirm me and provide a space for mental health and not do yeah. anything that might upset me. I get that. I get that, but now I wasn't I wasn't necessarily there for one of these incidents, but apparently what ended up happening was all of that plus they went into some classrooms, just turned off lights, like started slamming doors and lockers around, and apparently some people that, uh, I believe some special needs students, it was reported, uh, ended up being affected by this event, and some people had panic attacks, and at least one or two teachers were under the impression that there could be some type of incident going on. See, here's the problem. S senior prank isn't supposed to prank other students. You're supposed to prank the muckety-mucks, the authorities, the higher-ups. Like, what are you doing, guys? The Dane Tipmans. I don't... Hey, well, I'm not saying it was a good prank to start with. I'm just saying the fact that I can say that our senior prank ended up faking a school shooting is a decent story. Well, or at least a good introduction to a story. The rest of the story is kind of lame. Yeah, Dan. When you were teaching, though, like, that, how much, how much of the process was like mandated top down? Like, you have to say this, you can't say that. Like, how much free reign do you really have over a classroom in the public school system? Right. Why so were you playing just could... entire episodes of Rush Limbaugh in class? I was, I was curious. <laughs> did that, the school board, did the school board approve that or? I think I actually did play a little bit of a Mark Levin episode at one point, like a, a clip from his, one of his shows. I can't remember why. It was something computer relevant. Um, I engaged anyway, not to not to keep you from answering the question before you even started, but I did hear Gage told me that you were trying to play the uh, Ajit Pai uh, net neutrality skit that he did oh, that was no. very cringy, oh, but no. accidentally ended up playing an edited version, which may have contained one or two N words. <laughs> well, somebody, somebody uploaded like this happens sometimes. Somebody will upload a clip that that for most of the video appears to be the legitimate yeah, clip, and it'll, it'll cut in a, yeah. with, the, with the entire goal of just you know memeing on uh, people who are actually trying to legitimately use this. Very big problem. I stream sniped guys. myself. Hey, yeah, this was. <laughs> 2016 or 2017. This was important, Jake. Guys, net neutrality is a really big deal, and we're all gonna we're all gonna pay dearly for this, guys. Hey, to listen to the rest and, of this episode of West Bros, you have to pay me five dollars. Uh. And and what's more, people are still gonna be talking about net neutrality about four years or so after it was a big issue too. It's definitely still oh yeah, be what 100%. talking about. Yeah, no, Jake and I were looking at one of those vegan authors, and on her Instagram from a couple years ago, she was posting about net neutrality, and was like, mm, age this is going to be important. But, Dane, we had a... But, but you so, yeah, to, get, to get back to the question Jake tried to ask me 20 minutes ago, yeah. um, let's uh, <laughs> let, let's end on this. I'll, I'll end on trying to answer this question. So the question was, like, how, how much control 
tended to come down to the actual teacher in the classroom. Uh, the teacher on the front lines, if you will. The, yeah, the real firefighter, heroes. really, uh, out there. Yeah, uh, um, well, for me, in my experience, I was a, a, a career technical education teacher. So I wasn't like a general ed, um, you know, math, teach every student, social studies teacher. Nothing um, useful, it, it was just a, It was an optional class that not every kid had to take. So with that in mind, there was some of the, of the general stuff that I never got. Um, I, I didn't go to every teacher meeting that was held, every staff meeting. I didn't go to every single one. I was also only a half-time teacher for most years, which also exempted me from some of the stuff. So I could have missed some messaging that was required or some, some hey, do this stuff that was required. Um, I, I can tell you, Jake, that there was, for me, there was very little top-down control in terms of how I did my classroom, in terms of how I taught and what I taught. Um, I, I reported to the state what curriculum I was teaching, and it was approved ostensibly by somebody um, in at the Oregon State Education Department. So they did look at what the curriculum that I proposed, I was proposing to teach, and they approved of it. Um, now what that actually looked like in the day-to-day, -day, they had no damn clue. Um, I didn't send lesson plans to anybody. Um, I, I was never requested. Nobody ever asked for a lesson plan from me. I created them, but nobody ever asked for one from me, um, except for, nope, I don't think anybody ever asked for one. Um, I had uh, put up on the website what, were, what are called syllabus, a uh, syllabi, plural, syllabi, syllabus yeah. singular, right? You, you, a syllabus for your class to tell people what, what your class is going to include, what's going to be in it. I don't think most teachers did that at the high school. I, I, don't, I bet they still don't. Um, you might have to, you might request one and maybe get one from the principal, but I don't think they're publicly available on the website. Yeah, Mine see, were. I always um, assumed that part of the Common Core thing was that those, uh, those uh, topics like math, English, like uh, especially sex ed. I've been reading about how how uh, LGBT stuff is being taught in schools. Like I feel like a lot of that now is like top down. You must say this. Uh, maybe not in like the mm. more specific technical stuff, but like you have to. So teach Dane, math all that way. like Darwinism and cultural Marxism you were teaching in your classes were your own. Were your own. I remember invention. sometimes seeing emails sent to all the teaching staff that I would get. I remember there being one that said something to the effect of, hey, make sure you look in PowerSchool, which was our student information system, Aha, and look for school. notes. If a student has made a request that they go by a different name, use that name for that student. Um, so mm. there, was, there was something in there that, that was like a, an accommodation, I guess you could say, or kind of a reminder to teachers, hey, by the way, check and make sure if a student has this particular name, you should use this name to call that student's name during roll. Or whatever the case may be. Oh yeah, there's a. Um, and I was always well, I know perfectly. That my... Usually my kids would tell me. Um, I went because I asked. I was like, hey, you know what? What name do you guys want me to call you by? I felt like that was an easy, easy thing for me to do. Um, you know, I I told them what I wanted to be called, Mr. Tipman, and I'd ask them. Um, but I, I also went by last names a lot with kids. Yeah. Uh, McLean I remember remembers. That. I probably called you Mr. Westbrook, right? Few times, yeah. In Mostly school. when I was acting Although, out. I guess you and I, I didn't really have you too much in any kind of classes. I think I think we or just gauge. had no. We had the one class, the well, one IT essentials I know, class. I'm, I'm and the book. Is McLean talking right now? Have we lost? I'm McClane? trying I to. I can't hear you either. Yeah, you're all screwed up, McLean. Well, while while he fixes that, I'm I've been reading this book about Anything? how the um about how there's, there's a bunch of schools, especially in California, and it's spreading out more nationwide now. But in Cal, like. 
I think there was there was a few cases in California where like the school will like sort of indoctrinate a kid in like this LGBT stuff and like sort of convince them that they're transgender or whatever and cultivate this whole separate identity that they will deliberately hide from the parents until like all blows up in their face one day where the parents are like wait you're you're wait what what's going on in school little Billy you're now little Susie and the teacher the teacher acts like the parent is the enemy of the student and like once the student enters the school system like they have like rights on that kid and it's, it's a really creepy thing how uh, the, like the, the attitude that a lot of teachers uh, especially in, in California I'm picking on California but a lot of teachers like that have this this strange attitude of like no we educate them in what we think is good parents you know they're holding back progress we have to pull them away from the parents and, and give them the good information those, those parents are going to put bad ideas into their head and we have to fight the bad ideas with our good ideas it's, it's a weird mindset Am I am I back? You're back. Yes. Hey man, I I just gotta say I love how reliable Discord is always with uh, recording any form of audio. I've never had trouble with it. I know every single episode of West Bros the three of us have done together has never been an issue. And I would just like to thank Dane Tipman for for making us resort to this. Yeah. Yeah. Scapegoat. Yes. Very good. Yes. Yes. Of course. I was I was trying to say Dane that I believe I only took the one. Uh, IT Essentials class from you, and then Jaden Payne and I were your uh, TAs for a, a free period because uh. we tried to get out of Mr. Scott's class. I don't, <laughs> I don't remember, I don't remember what class it was that we had. It was an elective we had with Mr. Scott. I don't remember what it was, but it was weird. Cranking it was like, uh, no, it was, it wasn't even that. It was like, weird, like, like let's talk, shall we? Let's talk, shall we? That was it. Let's talk, shall Wait, what? we? Yes, what? That, it was that not called that. Debate class. Yes. It wasn't even a debate class. I don't even remember what that was. Do you do you uh, have any idea if Mr. Scott is still at the the high school? I'm I'm dead certain he is still at the high school. Yes. I'm sure he is. He was he was well liked by a lot of students, but I I had no no taste for the man. I mm. it was it was right around the time when he tried to convince the class. That the Parkland shooter was not mentally ill because he planned out the shooting really well. It was at that point <laughs> oh, where I was like, oh. maybe, maybe this man's not right about everything, like everyone thinks he is. Mm, See, that's really yeah. sad. You lost it. You lost to Larry Martindale, but you gained a Mr. Scott. That's a terrible trade-off, man. Well, I believe Mr. Scott took over for Mr. Burdett, didn't he? Oh, I love Mr. Burdett. That in, guy was, was in it, social studies. Yes. Yeah, it was because Mr. Scott took over Burdett's old uh, classroom. Uh, originally, I, and then moved to yeah, a different part of the building. I like Mr. Bidet because that man was not afraid of telling the kid that he was being stupid, or she, usually. I remember he, he had a psychology, we were doing psychology one day, and um, he was talking about how uh, women often will expect guys to just, like, be able to read their minds, and, like, uh, oh, well, he should have known <laughs> I remember to, Jake to do telling this me for this me. Before. Yeah, he should have known to do this for me because he should have known. And they'll be like, well, guys don't really think like that. Like, you have to tell him. He can't read your mind. And then this girl pipes up in the back. Yeah, but he should know. And they, they had this argument back and forth. And that's like, you're being stupid. Do you even hear yourself? It was the funniest <laughs> moment. I, that, that guy was great. Yeah, I know Burdett went off to teach at the prison. Mr. Wilson went off to teach at the prison. I'll take prison over public like... school any day, bro. Mr. Shirinion. Yeah, uh, there were Steve a couple Padilla. guys. Man, all the good mm-hmm. guys uh, left, didn't couple they? Couple folks, yeah. Yeah. That's the problem. We did get a Darren Daly, though. We all did the good people Darren leave, Daly. and then you're left with only Connies, and then you're surprised that the system sucks. <laughs> mm. 
Darren Daly was a good teacher. Uh, I liked him. I I, his class was the only one I ever failed in high school, though. So there is I don't that. No, Darren Daly. That's because he was he was after your time, Jake. After my time, I'm an old. I'm I go way back. Anyway, um, I would say as the last word on education, it's I, I think a person should ask themselves: Do I trust the state to effectively and safely teach my children what they ought to know in order to be happy? And successful. Well, the government's always been straight with me in the past. Yeah, they got a pretty so good track I, uh, record so far. Mm. I don't see any reason to start downing them now, Dane. Keep that insurrection talk but have, to yourself. Have they been straight fat with you? That's the question. That's, that's, that's a good fat. point. What if my morbidly obese child isn't able to enter the classroom, huh? What if he is burdened? What if, what if there's a, a, a barrier to entering <laughs> that classroom They're giving because me that, of his body? That fat no, free milk in the cafeteria, the, the USDA-approved school lunch program, so I can get my Those healthy carbohydrates. school lunches. I really appreciate that. Really, I don't elect, really. No one elected Michelle Obama to any sort of position of power. What you doing involving with getting involved with our school lunches? I don't. That was weird. Um, need more healthy Dane, whole I, I'm not gonna. <laughs> Dane, I don't want to. I don't want to make you sit through more West Bros. But Jake was either. reading the book Fat Cell, and the author of the book Fat So. Uh, she defended a parent who was on on trial for child abuse after her her child, thirteen year old who was like kid, thirteen years old, six hundred pounds, pounds died. died, and the this this fat activist was saying that if there wasn't if there wasn't um, if she wasn't fat if there wasn't fat phobia if the child wasn't fat there wouldn't be a case against the mother. To which I would respond, if the child wasn't fat, she'd still be alive. Hmm. <laughs> It's 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 wild. What you, can, what you can get into when you've just uh, when you've just decided reality is not quite matching up with what you want. All right, Dan. Any parting words? I guess last parting words would be would be what what do you propose? I mean, should the should should those who are infinifat be prevented from continuing <laughs> to be infinifat? Are they pursuing happiness? I think they should um, they be ever... encouraged. To... I think somebody I needs to take away I their internet. I believe they're pursuing some sort of diluted form of Listen, happiness. Step one: all of these people. Step one is always take away the internet because their main problem is that they have a constant access to thousands of people who will agree with whatever nutty idea they have. If you get them away that was from one that of environment, the original Westbro's episode about uh, Infinifats and body positivity haze was talking about how these algorithms on the internet introduce people to ideas or communities that they're a part of, and it just naturally sucks you down deeper to, to the more extreme areas. So you start out thinking, oh, be positive about your body, and that turns into, oh, it's okay to be 600 pounds, and honestly, you look pretty hot. Yeah, so just take away their internet, and eventually, it'll, it might take some time, but get them in the real world long enough, and I think their brain might, you know, reset itself to a certain degree. Maybe that'll... Maybe that'll be step one to recovery, but yeah. You know. Alright everybody, that was West Bros with uh, your guest Dane Tipman. Don't have to sound so somber about it. Uh, hey man, he's he's every West Bros episode ending is a sad occasion. <laughs> we'll meet again. Don't, don't know, know where, where, don't know when. Don't but I know Dane will be on West Bros again. Well some meet again sunny day. Some sunny day. Dane, when's when's your next West Bros appearance gonna be? Dane? Dane, um, did you drop the call? Dane. <laughs> oh. March. Oh, okay. Come here, okay. come here. Sometime in March, I think. Saint Dane um, uh Dane Patrick's Day? Saint Dane Trick's Day. Like, this man know. has more important things to do than talk with 
<laughs> talk with the kid he used to be in his high school drama club. Or You're right. He's got to record yesterday today. That that's true. He has to do that. St. Patrick's oh, Day. I, I can't do I can't do that tonight. I'm good. Okay. Uh, it'll be 15 minutes. It'll be 15 minutes. No, I'm okay. I'm it's go. never no. It's never just 15. <laughs> Give minutes. the man no a way. break. All right. Jezebel, there's a ringing in my.